Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm Puff Puff Boy. And this week, uh, Puff Puff Boy and I are talking about Yakuza 7, also known as Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh, which is a lot like a dragon quest, uh, but but for gangsters. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. And like it's such a weird dynamic between the two. Like you know, I never would have thought that these two would mesh as well as they seem to. Yeah, and I really I really like that, you know, Yuji Hori gave his approval for them to do all of this stuff and it is like instantly they name drop Dragon Quest. Like the main character, his name is uh Ichiban uh Kasuga. He goes by Ichi. He is a huge Dragon Quest fan. That's his whole thing. So you're playing this game as a Dragon Quest fan. And within just like the first probably 30 minutes of gameplay after all the long beginning cut scenes end, there's even like a short bit where he's talking about Dragon Quest just from the get-go and about how he has to be a hero like in Dragon Quest and how when he's fighting, he always thinks of fights being in terms of Dragon Quest as a way of like explaining in that world why everything is turn-based combat now. And whenever I saw the first video of that, I was like, I don't know if this transition is going to work. And the more videos I saw of it, the more impressed I was by how they actually turned an action series into a turn-based series. Yeah, and so those those of you who are maybe unfamiliar with the Yakuza series, I have not, this is the first Yakuza game I have ever played. But my understanding of it is that it's basically somewhere between like grand theft auto and the old arcade beat-em-ups mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a mishmash of, of those two is that right and that's pretty much my impression of it i've only ever played the first of the kiwami spinoffs uh where i got a few hours into it and really enjoyed it but i wasn't in the mood for an action game at the time so i ended up uninstalling it off of the ps4 because it was one of the ps plus free games but I really liked it, but it was very cutscene heavy, which I was really surprised at given the kind of game it was. But uh, I know so many people who absolutely adore the stories in these games. And when I read that they were doing a turn-based one next, it really surprised me because it was at its heart a beat-em-up game. Yeah, and speaking of story, actually brings up another good point is that today we're going to try to keep actual story, story spoilers to a minimum. Because the game, it's just so new. So this episode that we're doing today is really just focusing on all the ways Yakuza 7 is like Dragon Quest in terms of gameplay and mechanics and things. And we're trying not to spoil any story stuff for you guys. I will say, though, that I've been very impressed with the story so far from what I've played of this game. The whole thing with Yakuza 7, from all the stuff that I've played for it, is I was surprised about how cutscene heavy it was. Kind of like you mentioned the one you played being cutscene heavy. Yeah, really. I wasn't expecting so many cutscenes. And then I booted up the game, and it was like, okay, there's like 20 minutes of like movies and stuff to watch here. It doesn't even, I mean, it has stuff to do with the story, but then it's just like, 
the story totally transitions to to the main character and everything else. And so I'm going to be interested in seeing if it really all ties in together, if it's just some like colorful background on some of the other characters or how the whole thing works. I do think mostly though, it works in terms of like being this weird RPG baby. I think mm-hmm. it, I think it mostly works because, you know, I mean, they're gangsters, right? They're Yakuza. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the leader of their family is like, is called the king and everything. And I do think some of that is a little too uh. heavy, heavy handed. Like the character will always be like, oh, so since I'm the king and it puts it in like quotation marks on subtitles uh. and all where it, it's a little heavy handed where they could have just like mentioned it a couple of times and it would have been like, ah, I see what they're doing here. And I saw on Twitter, like as soon as you booted it up, you had posted a picture of the main character of Ichi being like, this is just like I play in Dragon Quest. And I'm like, wow, that like you said, that went name dropping fast. So that doesn't surprise me that everything is already shaping up to be a Dragon Quest kind of a parody in a lot of ways. Yeah, I haven't had time yet to do the actual a lot of the mini game stuff. Um, I'm not sure if it's because I was still in chapter one when I first tried it or what, but whenever I went in to play like the slots and some of the different, so the gaming centers, you know, they have where you can play like some of the classic Sega games or you mm-hmm. can do like Dragon Quest casino-y type things. So I went in to do the slot machines. I was like, I'll check this out, you know, and give it a try. And it said, it said content unavailable. And I'm not sure if that's something that's going to be patched in, like if that stuff huh. just isn't available for the Western release day one, or if it was because I was just playing chapter one, which is essentially just a really long, like introductory uh, tutorial type thing. But yeah, e- either way, I haven't tried playing any of the other games. Cause I was like, cool. I want to see if the, if the casino type stuff in Yakuza is just as fun as dragon quest. And then I walk in and it's like, you know, the PlayStation, uh, like it, like it fades to black a little bit. And it's like, this content is unavailable right now. And so I'm not sure it's just not available yet or if it's not if it's something that's going to be patched in or if it was just because i was playing it so early but overall i think ichiban uh, kasuga i think he makes a really interesting protagonist and it's also just a really interesting premise i guess that you're playing you're playing as a gangster who wants to be a good guy because he loves dragon quest games (laughs) yep and that 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 goes back to one of the things that we've always talked about on here is how it actually has an impact on people, how people really do identify with it. And uh, Ichi and this wanting to be a, a hero because of Dragon Quest just really solidifies that as not something we're just talking out of our uh, butts about. Obviously, the turn based combat is where Yakuza 7 gets its biggest like dragon quest influences here because it is i mean it's standard turn-based combat which is super weird because the animations on screen like it took me some getting used to because of the characters moving around and like you know the the bad guys the brawlers you meet on the street are like holding out knives and stuff Mm -hmm. and like reflexively i want to like you know start mashing like the x button and the circle button and doing like action attacks and you just can't do that. It's kind of like it's the most thrown off I've been, I think, with a in terms of like a battle system since right. Dragon Quest Eleven. Let me run around as the protagonist, but not really do anything. Yeah, but didn't take any effect on the uh, battle at all. Yeah, that one threw me. And when I first saw videos of this, like the video made me wonder if I was going to like playing it because exactly what you said. Every time that I initially saw a transition into battle everything the animations looked too smooth 
it looks too much like a brawler for me to be able to take it seriously as a turn-based game. Exactly like you said, it's like I just need to punch these guys. Though, why is it? Why is it doing this? But I'm I'm so glad that it works. There is some still some action RPG mechanics, like with the skill system. I don't. I only have one skill unlocked right now, but I'm about four hours in, maybe five okay. hours, and I feel like most of that has just been watching cutscenes, honestly. But uh, there, there is a skill, and so there are those action uh, kind of RPG elements where it's like, you know, you, you're doing this punch, and if you tap square really, really fast, then you can cause some more damage. There's like, if you time circle uh, just right, you can get a perfect block to absorb a lot of the damage and everything. It's not just purely turn-based combat. Like, I don't think it would work in like Dragon Quest or maybe like Trails of Cold Steel, where it's like you can just kind of, you just kind of hit attack and watch the mm-hmm. animations and don't be done with it. Like the, the combat in Yakuza 7 is definitely more hands-on than that. Which I understand them doing for a, both for the RPG folks who are used to things like Final Fantasy 7 remake and all of that, but also the Yakuza fans who were very put off when they announced that this was going to be a turn-based game that they, I know that there was a huge uproar. Like, what are you doing to our favorite series? Yeah, and I totally get that aspect of it. I mean, I mean, could you imagine if the next Dragon Quest game was like a gangster beat 'em up? I mean, that's kind oh, of I'd be what, so mad. That's kind of what it would be like. Well, it was what happened with Final Fantasy VII remake for me when I found out they were going to be do- doing the Kingdom Hearts style action combat. I was, I was the same way. Where I'm like, what are you doing to this series? Why are you? Why do you keep doing this? So I mean I do 100% understand the fans being like why are you why are you messing with my stuff? So I I get that. For me because it's my first Yakuza game, I'm not just like like it doesn't matter to me because I mean honestly, this is the first <laughs> Yakuza game I have ever like touched in my entire life. And so it also I I know I was texting you about it last night, but also I have to say it probably curses more than any RPG I own combined like just in like the first hour. Like I knew, I mean, yeah, it's a gangster game. It's you know got a big fat M rating on the top, so I wasn't expecting them to just you know talk all nice and stuff. It is weird from a parent perspective, I guess, because <laughs> yeah. my four year old plays so many of these games with me, and even oh, yeah, even some M rated games like we've been playing Kingdoms of of Amalur Re Reckoning. And yeah. where, you know, there's like blood and stuff that gives it that hard M, but it's not like, but I still, you know, I'll let her play it because it's, it's kind of animated and I really don't think she picks up on it, to be honest with you. And right. so Yakuza is like the, really the first game I think I've played. I know this is such a dad thing to say, but it's probably <laughs> the first game I've played since Naomi has been into video games where I can't let her like sit in the room and play with me. So it's like, so I mostly played it after she goes to bed. She's asleep, and then I, I run in there and I play Yakuza <laughs> for a couple of hours because it's just one of those games that I absolutely cannot play with my kid in the room. So anybody listening who's a parent who's maybe like, hey, I want to give this a shot, uh, it's not as kid-friendly as Dragon Quest is, uh, which seems like it might be an obvious thing to say, but you'd be surprised. Uh, Grace and I, my wife and I, one time went to go see The Conjuring 2 in theaters. Right, yeah. And the Conjuring Two, it said the Conjuring Two outside of the outside of the room. You know, we we go in there, we sit down, and just a little bit before the the movie starts, this family comes in. They have like three girls with them. All the girls are probably about four or five years old, 
and they're sitting down and Grace and I are looking at, at each other like, whoa, whoa, what? Why are you bringing these young kids into Conjuring 2? Like, this is not a good idea. Yeah. But we're also not going to tell parents how to parent. So we're just like, okay, whatever. Let's just see how this plays out. Have you seen The Conjuring 2? No, I've never seen any of The Conjuring movies. Okay, so the second one opens up with a recreation of the like Amityville uh, guy who's he's going around. He's basically he's got a gun and he's shooting all of his family members in the head while they sleep and like blood oh is spray- blood is spraying on the walls, like all of this stuff. That was what it took for the parents to be like, oh my gosh, this isn't Madagascar three or whatever it was at the time <laughs> that they meant to watch. And but but the thing that was so weird to me is like you know it said Conjuring two outside. Uh-huh. Then all the previews leading up to it are all for like horror movies, which usually is an indicator of what kind of movie you're going to watch. And then like it opens with, you know, it's like dark. It's playing like spooky music. It's like definitely not animated. It's very obvious, you know, that this is like a scary movie even before the shooting people in the head stuff starts about like two minutes in. Yeah. So it was just really, really weird that they didn't pick up on it. So anyway. Did they leave? They did leave, yeah. They left, like, frantically. Like, they started covering their their kids' eyes and, like, trying to, like, get them out of the cinema, like, as fast as possible. And, I mean, maybe they were, they had watched horror movies with the kids at home and went in thinking it was going to be, like, a ghost movie where it was going to be scary but not not necessarily gory. Oh, no, no, no. Um, they they literally were like, oh, this isn't blah, 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 whatever oh, the movie was. Oh, that wasn't you making fun of them for uh, for doing that. They actually did that. Yeah, they actually like stood up oh. and, like, and were like frantically like talking about, oh my gosh, this isn't blah, 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 blah. We got to get out of here. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I assumed that was you and Grace making fun of them for like taking their kids just to a horror movie when they should be at Madagascar 3. But okay, I get I get you now. No, no, no. Like they literally thought it was going to be this kid's movie and then it wasn't. They they got into the wrong room, I guess. But right. anyway, all <laughs> is to say that I feel like it's pretty obvious that Yakuza 7 is not for kids. But just in case those parents are listening. Don't let your little girls <laughs> for Yakuza 7. It's definitely not for kids. I had that happen when I was in college at one of the Day of the Dead movies. Uh, it was one of them where they had zombies tied up outside like a hotel uh, and using them for target practice. And behind me, there was this little kid who just I could hear say, Mommy? why are they shooting at that man? Why do they have him tied up upside down? Where I'm like, that kind of kid, that kid does not need to be seeing a zombie movie right now. <laughs> it was like, if they don't get that, like the base premise of that, take that kid out of this theater. I didn't say anything, but even like 22 year old me was like, y'all. And I was a jerk when I was 22. Like I was not someone who I'm proud of being. Even that guy was like, get that kid out of here. Like that's, this isn't what they should see. Yeah. And I mean, my parents, especially my mom, they were pretty lax about what they let my brother and I watch music we listened to and things like that. Like they weren't really like stingy or prudes or anything. Um, right. Like, even thinking back on it now, I think about like when my mom, like my mom letting me watch South Park <laughs> and I'm like, I think I might've been t- a little too young to be watching South Park back then. Yeah. Like, it t- like it taught me a lot of kind of filthy stuff that I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it came out when I was 16. So I was already at that age where I was 
where I was getting that filthiness. Like you though, when if you were watching it when it came out, yeah, that's like ten years old. So that's uh that's you being influenced pretty good. It was like it was a couple of seasons in. Like I think I was probably around fifth or sixth grade when I started watching it. So it okay, was like, yeah. It was kind of like getting into that period where like people at school talk just as filthy uh-huh. as the people on the South Park, which is probably mm-hmm. why my mom was like okay with it. But anyway, right. uh this is like a super long tangent. But anyway, the 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 like TLDR for all of this is that Yakuza 7 is not as kid-friendly as Dragon Quest. Uh, right. Speaking of not kid-friendly, uh, I was also very happy to find out that they actually put in Puff Puff into mm-hmm. Yakuza 7. And the way I discovered this, I found this out because I was looking at the trophy list. I had gotten a trophy for like completing one of the chapters. I accidentally, like apparently when it pops up, if you hit the X button at like just the right time, it clo- it like suspends the game and pulls up a trophy list. Did you know the PS4 oh, did I, that? I didn't know that. Like I've never, never done that. I've always had to exit it out and go in manually and find it. Yeah. Maybe it's a new update. I don't know. Whatever it was, I somehow managed to do this. And so while I was there, I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to browse the trophies. I saw on there that there was a trophy, much like Dragon Quest XI has, that you have to get honk honk from all the <laughs> all the necessary NPCs. And I was like, honk honk sounds suspiciously like Puff Puff. I have to look into this. <laughs> and the game is pretty new, so I had to really dig around for a little while to try to find honk honk and Puff Puff. So you had to dig for the honk honk. Yeah, but I finally did. And yes, there is Puff Puff in Yakuza, but it's called Honk Honk. And it works the same exact way. There's like an NPC that's like, hey, have you ever tried the glorious, great feeling honk honk? I'll do it for 10,000 yen. I mean, it works exactly like Dragon Quest. Mm -hmm. It also says, the trophy says people, whereas Dragon Quest says Puff Puff girls. So I'm Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what all sorts of different honk honks you can get in Yakuza 7. I really look forward to seeing all of the weird cutscenes in this one because there's so much fun in Dragon Quest. So I can't wait to see what the uh, the homages are to this one, the uh, the honk honks. I also hope one of them is also a reference to the Untitled Goose game because everyone just calls it honk. I really, really hope there's one about geese. Yeah, I don't know. There could be. I have not yet seen the outcome of accepting or or denying a honk honk. <laughs> right, me either. <laughs> this whole conversation is weird, but yeah, but I, I've seen the screenshots of like people you know, of the NPCs who are like, "Hey, you want a honk honk?" But I have not, <laughs> I have not seen any videos of people saying yes or no to it, and I haven't gotten there myself because oh my gosh, it just takes so long to get through this game. Like, I really like the cutscenes, and I have been impressed by how how much I've like come to love some of these characters already, even from the start of the game. Yeah. But just personally, it is a little bit too cutscene heavy for me as someone who prefers games and especially RPGs that let me just kind of explore and, and go do my own thing when I feel like it. Um, the just watching all of these cutscenes back to back to back to back to back uh, can get a little tiresome. It's a very cinematic series where they're telling a very specific story, so it doesn't surprise me. Oh, yeah. I it mean, doesn't like that, too. The thing is, is that other cinematic games that I've played and enjoyed, like The Last of Us, mm-hmm. are like 10, 12-hour long games, and Yakuza 7 is like a 40-hour game. Right. So I'm going to be interested to see just how the cutscenes play out. But I have liked it enough, even from the get-go here, that I'm probably shelving 
uh, Re-Reckoning, which I have been playing and enjoying. Probably going to shelf that game for now and just focus on Yakuza 7 because I really do want to know like where these characters and where the story is going. Even with you playing uh, Re-Reckoning with Nomi? Yeah, probably. I mean, we, we're still playing like Trails of Cold Steel 2 and all sorts of other games oh, okay. too. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like mainly like you're putting it away, but like are you still going to play stuff with her? Yeah, I mean, I still have, I, I juggle usually like four or five games all at once. Right. Yakuza 7 is kind of becoming one of those five, so I have to get rid of one of them. And, and Re-Reckoning is kind of just like the the one that I'm putting off to the side right now. Yeah. There's Puff Puff. There's also cat fights in Yakuza 7, uh, which is not a thing that's necessarily new to the series from my understanding, but it works. It's the monster arena from Dragon Quest games, especially like earlier Dragon Quest games, you know, where you could oh, place on yeah. a monster and you would watch them fight. And then if the monster you placed a bet on one, then you would get like money based on that. Uh huh. Except instead of monsters, instead of cartoony Dragon Quest monsters, it's scantily clad ladies. Huh. Did not know about these. And it works. It works basically just like Dragon Quest Monster Arena, except it's ladies wrestling. I I was unaware of this feature. (laughs) There's a job system, which is actually the reason I bought this game. Really? Yeah, I told you this, remember? No, of course I don't. You had pre-ordered, you'd pre-ordered it like months ago. Yeah. And at some point, maybe a couple of months ago, I realized that there was a job system in the game as well. That wasn't just like a term-based RPG gangster game, but it also had a job system. And... I was like, okay, if there's a job system, I love job systems in RPGs. I'm definitely going to uh, have to check out Yakuza 7 now because of the job system that it has. I'm not sure. I don't know all of the jobs. I'm not sure how many there are. But one thing that I think is funny <laughs> is that to change your jobs, you don't go, you know, you go to All Trades Abbey and Dragon Quest. Yeah. In Yakuza, you actually go to like an employment line, like the, the employment center. That it's basically like a DMV and, right. and you go there and you like sign documents or whatever to uh, change your profession. <laughs> I love it like that. And it makes sense. Although it would have been really funny if you had to go to a church and uh, talk with a Jack of all trades or whatever, all trades uh, cathedral or something like that would have been hilarious. But I like that. It's like, yeah, you gotta go to the, gotta go to the temp agency. Yeah. And so so some of the some of the ones I know about is I know there's dancer, right? Which you usually like dancer classes, right? For the most part, it depends on what they are, but most of the time I do. Yeah, there's fortune teller, which from what I understand is kind of like a mage class. Mm-hmm. There's riot police, which I have to assume is like a uh, is like a tanky job. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I, I know of, and I'm assuming there's more than this, but the other one I know of right now is idol which is a female-only job uh, that basically causing debuffs or buffs to the party. It's kind of yeah. like you distract enemies with your womanly wiles kind of thing. Kind of like uh, the generally, sometimes kind of like the bard classes and uh, minstrels and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, very similarly. It seems kind of like the uh, the luminary uh, mm-hmm. jobs in like Dragon Quest Nine and everything. It's surprisingly a lot like Dragon Quest job system. So I think I'm going to have a lot of fun doing this in that you go through and like you you rank up your job system, right? You can trade out jobs, you can master the jobs, and you can create like hybrid professions for yourself right. because of the abilities and skills you learn based 
in that job. And so from what I can tell, it actually looks like it might roll over a bit more, kind of like Dragon Quest VII's job system does, where you don't have to just, where you don't like lose all your skills and abilities because you switch yeah. a job. Where you switch like level one when you're in uh, Dragon Quest Nine. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'm going to like it a lot because as you know, and as I've said on this podcast a lot before, Dragon Quest Seven has like my favorite job system ever. So because Yakuza Like a Dragon seems to have that kind of DQ7 job system, I think I'm really, really going to have a good time with this. And honestly, it was one of the things I was like most excited for. And yeah. so I'm very, I'm very happy to see that it's in this game. And that it's actually an in-depth job system as opposed to just being something that they threw in as an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. They do have some like kind of non-Dragon Quest-y things that are actually uh, pretty typical in RPGs nowadays. There's a bond system, uh, kind of right. like that exists in like Trails of Cold Steel. Persona 5 has a bond system, doesn't it? Yeah, the Persona games uh, have uh, lots of companions and uh, confidants and things like that. Yeah, so your so your bond system uh, kind of helps rank up different, can do different abilities when you pair up with somebody. Right. And I still haven't found all of my party members uh, for this game right now. Uh, so far, I've found uh, his name is Joe. Uh, he's like a he's like an ex cop kind of guy, and uh, it's him and and uh, Ichiban are my party members, and basically Joe is kind of like. Kind of like the Eric, I guess, in Yakuza yeah. 7, but but rougher. Whereas Eric is kind of always a nice guy who's like following the luminary around. Joe is like, no, you got to come with me. Ichi. I got to show you some stuff. I love those guys. Those those are some of the best characters in video games and movies. Yeah. Hey, I need to show you something. Yeah. And so I, I have really uh, enjoyed all the different aspects, I guess, that exist in Yakuza 7 that kind of come from Dragon Quest. Uh, I'm yeah. also interested in seeing there's there's some other things like human you get human powers that are based on things like it's basically stats. It's like, you know, passion, intelligence, uh kindness is another one. I think stylishness is one of them. I can't remember all of them. But uh based on how you interact with people or like the way you answer things, it kind of you can make basically you can make him really the protagonist. You can make him really super nice i guess if you get his kindness all the way up or you can <laughs> you can change it around you know it's one of those it's one of those like typical grids where it kind right. of just shows like a color with lines going out towards a, a different way mm -hmm. and uh, then there's also human power uh which you get uh which you can the way you can improve this human power is by going to school you go to a qualification school and you have to pass exams and if you pass those exams, uh, then you get an increase to your human power. I get so irritated at taking tests in games. Like, I haven't done that, so do you have to actually answer the questions, or is it like in Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses that you just go and take it and you pass or you fail based on uh, your stats? Uh, you actually t take an exam. It's like you, you answer questions. It's one of those things that I'm kind of with you there. I tend to get annoyed by quizzes in games. Yeah. Most of the time I get annoyed by them when it's 1999 and I had to answer them to advance my story in my JRPG. 
in 2020 and like even, you know, the last like five years, it hasn't bothered me as much because I'll be honest with you. I Google the answers and I see what the right answers are. And I just answer correctly to get like the highest score and then I'm done. I'm not sure why I won't do that. Like, it's not that I don't. It's that I won't. It's like there's something in me where I have no problem looking answers up. I have no problem finding solutions to puzzles that that keep me from from progressing. I have no problem uh, turning the difficulty down. But for some reason in games, every time a test has come up, I think it's because of the way that it's presented. I will not look up the answers to it and have to accept, you know, you failed this and you don't get your stat boost. I'm like, man, and I'm just, but I won't fix it. I won't go and look at it next time. I (laughs) I always do it. It's like, I'm going to take this test. I think there is something just ingrained in me where I don't cheat at tests. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be like that where I just wouldn't care so much. But depending on the game, I will like Trails of Cold Steel, for instance, like especially the first one where you're a student and you have different tests to take periodically through those chapters because it raises your AP and that kind of stuff actually matters in the game. Like after taking like the first couple of ones and I realized, okay, the way to know these answers is I'm going to have to track down some of these obscure books and then i'm gonna have to spend time reading all these in-game books which i hate reading in-game books and it depends on the game dq books are cool because they're short even dragon quest books sometimes i'll just like flip through really quickly if it if it's not something like important to the story i'll just like flip through (laughs) it and not worry about reading it i just don't like reading books in game if i want to read a book i'll read a book (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is why you didn't like Final Fantasy 13 with the amount of extra stuff in the menus you had to sit and read to understand the world. Well, that was one of the many reasons. Well, it was it was Final in Fantasy there, yeah. 13. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, it's like, it really depends on the game. For this one, it's like, I'll just look it up because it's going to add such huge like stat boosts to my human power. I'll just look at the answers. Is it cheating? Yeah, but you know what? I don't care. It's such a small aspect of the game. It's like, I don't want to spend like all this time researching and having to memorize like all these details about the game that don't necessarily pertain to the main story. Oh no, I totally understand. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just that weird thing in the back of my mind when they, when they frame it as a test or a quiz, I'm like, "Mm." Yeah. Or like there are trophies. I know there's one in uh, Trails of Cold Steel 1 where you have to make a perfect score on your midterm for a trophy. And rather than look it up to get the trophy, I tried it on my own and didn't get it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to play through again, which is not going to happen uh, to get that trophy. So couldn't plat- can't platinum it at all. Yeah, well, you, to platinum Trails of Cold Steel, you have to play it more than once anyway because you have to beat it in like nightmare mode and stuff. Oh, yeah not gonna happen yeah i mean that's what's keeping me from platinuming i tried to get a lot of the trophies in the game and some of the ones are related to replaying it in hard mode and replaying it on like nightmare difficulty and stuff like mm-hmm. that i'm just like nah. the same way about kingdom hearts games anytime a game requires me to play it multiple times to get trophies i'm just like nah brah <laughs> mm-hmm. thanks but no thanks big question here will dragon quest fans like yakuza like a dragon I think so. I think so too. I think there's, I think it depends. I think it depends on the Dragon Quest fan. I think if you are a Dragon Quest fan who enjoys Dragon Quest because of the turn based combat, because of the job system, 
because of even even the jokes. I mean, the story for Yakuza Seven is very serious, but there's plenty there's plenty of jokes. You know, early on, mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is a story spoiler because it happens so early and it doesn't really have anything to do with the story. But early on, uh, one of the like NPCs is talking to uh, Ichiban Kasuga about how he about how Kasuga pooped his pants when he was in fifth grade. <laughs> and he's like hey man i was really sick that day okay and just like runs away <laughs> and where there's stuff like that that keeps it you know lighthearted, even though the story is very serious i think if you like dragon quest because of the combat because of the job system because of some of the lightheartedness and all i think you will really enjoy yakuza like a dragon if you like dragon quest because of how open it is you know with most dragon quest games it's like maybe you can't necessarily like go wherever you want like maybe it doesn't have breath of the wild type open world exploration but it's still it's fairly free that you can go around places you can kind of do what you want a little bit here and there you don't have to occupy too much of your time watching overly long cutscenes, things like that so if you like dragon quest for those reasons which is i mean i like dragon quest for all of these reasons too but if you like it for that, I don't know if you'll like Yakuza 7 because of how cinematic it is. And honestly, between the really long cinematics and some of the some of the seriousness and stuff, it almost feels a lot more like a Final Fantasy game, especially a newer Final Fantasy game, a more mm, modern yeah. one like like 15 or like 7 remake, uh, where some of the time, especially because of the cutscenes and some of the slower parts, it's really just like Okay, like I, I just want to play a video game now. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Xenoblade will get sometimes, or any of the Xeno games, I guess. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I think that's probably a good a good way of putting it. Yeah, where with Xenoblade Chronicles two, I mean, there were literally times in Xenoblade Chronicles two where it would start going into a long cutscene, and I would make my lunch. I would I bring the switch into the kitchen with me, kind of watch the cutscene while I made my lunch, yeah. uh, put the put the switch back in the dock so I could watch it on TV, sit there on the couch and eat my lunch while I'm watching the cutscene. And then the cutscene still wouldn't be over. I would have made lunch and eaten it. And there's yep. still cutscenes going on in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And so I, I haven't reached anything quite like that uh, with Yakuza. And part of that is that a lot of the cutscenes, uh, you can you can skip through the dialogue. Oh, good. Not like you skip the whole cutscene, but like, you know, once you read it, you can press X and it'll advance. And so because of that, it, ma- it definitely makes it a little bit speedier but there's still there's quite a few where it's just like at one point between chapter one and chapter two there was honestly probably close to an hour of cutscenes. like it was just one right after the other like every time i thought i was going to be able to play it boot up another cutscene. and granted it's also minor story spoiler here it advances the story by like 18 years. So, I mean, it's mm. a lot of territory in that hour, but it was still like, I, I got to it. I got to it when I was, by the time I got there, it was like, I was wanting to take a break from playing it. I'd been playing it for a while. And I was like, okay, going to wait for these cut, this cut scene to end so I can save the game. But then another cut scene would come and I'd be like, okay, uh, I'll wait for this cut scene to end. Sometimes that's a deal breaker with me in video games and, and maybe part of that is being a dad. Maybe it's just because I don't like just sitting there watching a game. But mm-hmm. but sometimes it's it's honestly it's a deal breaker for me if I can't save it save a game easily. Like if I can't just walk into like a campsite in a church, or if I can't just you know bring up the menu and save it, 
then it, it really hurts. And, and Yakuza can just save it from the menu, which is what I really like. Oh, wonderful. Yes. But it's like, I never know when I'm going to be like 45 minutes deep in a series of cutscenes, and I'm ready to quit, but I can't save it yet. And maybe there's another, you know, 20 minutes of cutscenes left that I still have to watch. And uh-huh. so, so for me, that's really a big negative. I both enjoy the cutscenes because of all the characterization and story and stuff that it builds, but I also really feel like they're mostly too long and slow. Kind of like Final Fantasy XIV, Shadowbringers. Yeah. I love Shadowbringers, except for like maybe me, and I don't think you liked it very much either. But it was because they just went so overboard with their cutscenes in that latest expansion, where it was like, I just want to play a game, Square Enix. Like, yeah. I don't want to sit here and watch all these slow animations and some of those like animations and some of those conversations are really like, I mean, I get it. It's character development, but some of it seems very unconsequential. And so I would definitely like it if I could like trim the fat a little bit on some of these cutscenes. And so I guess, I guess for me, my answer will Dragon Quest fans like Yakuza seven. It's that yes, Probably. I think overall, I think they will because they're, I mean, it's just really fun seeing all the odes to Dragon Quest that exist mm-hmm. in this game. I mean, if you're, especially if you're a big time Dragon Quest fan, I really think you would enjoy this game and get a lot out of it just because of all the references. But if some of the things you like about Dragon Quest is just how, how free it it is in terms of like exploration and going places and just kind of laid back it is, then I don't know if, yakuza 7 is the game for you because of just how sometimes linear it gets and, and the, the length of cut scenes and just all of that stuff so it's really yeah. it really just depends on the dragon quest fan i guess yeah and you also have to consider the rating and that it's not going to be stylized and happy-go-lucky a lot of the time because it is a yakuza game yeah and you can toggle with the blood there's a normal setting and a mild setting that i actually haven't messed with so i don't know how much it affects it um, I just have it on the default normal and it hasn't been like overly gory or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's a typical, if you've seen a gangster movie before or played any like video game involving gangsters, like it's not going to be any, anything really new. Same, same with language really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that Yakuza 7 has been a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to digging into it more and just playing it a lot more uh, later this week, as long as I can sneak it away from my kids. <laughs> And one thing that really has nothing to do with that was that you got, it came with a second steelbook. Like you ordered the Daiichi version from Best Buy and you got the steelbook and you got a bonus steelbook uh, because you ordered it from Best Buy. I thought I did. I thought I had ordered it from Best Buy and canceled my Amazon order, but I didn't. I apparently didn't order it from Best Buy like I thought I did. So when it came in, I only have the uh, original Steelbook. I don't have that uh, the cool bonus one that you only get at Best Buy. The bonus one isn't that great. I prefer the one that it comes with. Do you? It's just, if you want to see what the bonus one looks like, it's just an inverted Steelbook. So the inside of the of the Daiichi Edition Steelbook, uh-huh. the inside of that is the outside of the bonus one. And the oh. outside of the Daiichi Edition is the inside of the bonus one. I gotcha. So, and, and I just, I prefer that yellow. I really like the yellow with the characters on the front that the day yeah, edition cool. has, uh, as opposed to like the red with all their heads and faces on it. I mean, it was free. I ordered it from Best Buy cause it was free. I don't know if I yeah. would have like actually paid like extra money for a bonus steel book, but 
when it's free, it was like free shipping. So I was like, yeah, what's it's guaranteed to be there the day it releases. So I'm like, there's really no downside to this. <laughs> On the upside, I got an email from Amazon that uh, with a pre-order price guarantee thing where I got it for $10 off. So I was like, hey, they gave me 10 bucks back. Hey. So sick. that made it up for the, the steel book, I guess. So I guess I did pay extra for the steel book. i only got that that email this morning so i didn't even know this until after i'd gotten the game i gotcha all right well thank you guys for listening to today's episode remember you can find us on twitter at dragon quest fm you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash dragon quest fm be sure to let us know what you think of yakuza 7 if you're playing it tell us on twitter tell us on patreon tell us wherever just let us know what you're thinking of the game so far because we're interested in hearing your thoughts. If you want to talk to me directly, you can totally do that. I'm on Twitter at DragonQuaston. You can also listen to my other podcast. It's called JRPGs and Me. And you can also read my regular Dragon Quest blog. You can find that at DragonQuestAustin.com. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. You can listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast at Geek2GeekCast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a media network we're a part of, and we have Slack and Discord as well. So if you want to come talk about Dragon Quest, uh, you can go to Geek2GeekMedia.com uh, for the invite links. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.